of uh, uh, the, the white throne and now the new Jerusalem. Where is that most holy place? And that looks like the terminal achievement when that prophecy has fully run its course. So you need to be very careful. You don't uh, temp make it uh, temporary, temporal with our time scale. That seems to be the end when probably they enter the eternal state. Can we walk through this? Look at what he says here. Verse 25. Know and understand this. From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, meaning rebuilding the city, not the temple. In the Bible, you, you'll get Ezra or some people get letters to go and build the temple. He's not mentioning that. He's not meaning that. He's talking about building the city. And that would take you to Nehemiah. The Lord in the dream has already made me take that journey. He gave me those two letters. But the reason I was saying sin is deadly is the following. You are the people of God. You walk with God. You have eaten from heaven. God has come out openly to identify with you. And then, you are martyrs because of sin. You are martyrs are now going to be determined by who? An atheist, a pagan king, is the one that when he writes the letter, then the prophetic timeline of God starts. A pagan king. A pagan king is determining the matters of the people of God, my Lord. Why? Because of sin. And then, <laughs> the pagan king, in other words, will determine your destinies and your things. That's how God set it up now. Also, another pagan king at the end called Antichrist will determine their matters, my Lord. The other end and this end. Be careful with sin. God can humiliate you. And now the church, if God can judge his people, Israel, like that, how about the Gentile church? He will judge you ruthlessly then. Are we together? That one, you don't even need to go to kindergarten. If he can judge his own beloved like this, how about now the gentle church? Why am I saying so? Because if you get time to read the book of Romans chapter 11, he says, a wild olive, meaning was not in the plan of God, my Lord. Oh, yes. A wild olive. And do you know how the Bible puts it? Everybody's focused on me. In Romans 11, he says that he went and broke a wild olive and brought it and grafted. Meaning it was somewhere else, was not in this plan. Oh, yes. So, and in the same scripture, they say, if he can judge Israel like that, how about you? In the same Romans chapter 11, right? So the lesson here is that stay away from sin. Before we begin to read, and I'm reading this because I said there's a strategic structure he has laid out there. Prophetic timeline where the rapture is hidden, is embedded. And you can tell many things there. Hallelujah. And so he's saying, because we don't have time, this is not what we're supposed to deal with. He say, know and understand this. From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild the city, to rebuild Jerusalem, brother, until the anointed one the anointed one there is the Messiah. Those who have amplified it will say the Messiah. The ruler comes 
there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. Now, that is a very powerful scripture. That, what I've just read is very powerful because if you can go out and take your time and study where the letter, there were two letters, when the letter was given, the exact position, and the date. The dates are there. I have calculated it. I've worked on it also myself. From when the letter is given, and you count, you should end up with those 69 weeks. 69 weeks. Hallelujah. And he's saying, and when and the anointed one comes, then you'll see the fulfillment of Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9. The time he comes in now has Messiah Hanagid, has the king. Are we together now? Oh yes, you have come of age. Now you understand these things, right? Are we together? I know my son. Kericho, don't look blank. It's okay. Just be with me, please. You understand me? Yes. He sent the 69 weeks. By the time it ends to the date, to the date, it puts honor to the Bible as the true word of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. To the date when he makes the triumphal entry, fulfilling Zechariah what? 9-9. Nine, nine. So nobody can say, oh, you see, we didn't understand. No, they knew that he would come on a cult. It is written there. So, I don't have time for this. Let's rush through. He said, Know and understand this from the time when the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one comes, the ruler comes, there will be seven, seven, and sixty-two sevens. Then he says, It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. Verse 26. Now, verse 26 is of great interest to you as the church. I mean, all of it is interesting. But verse 26 is key, right? It says the following in verse 26. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one, after, after the 62 sevens, now he's counting this way, the anointed one will be put to death. He's talking about 69, you have to add the seven, right? Again, after 627, the anointing will be put to death and will have nothing. Meaning, he will not take the kingdom at that time. Which is true. He did not take the kingdom at that time. He did not. He is ruling a spiritual kingdom now. But he would come back. That's what he's saying. He would come back to take the kingdom. Right? You remember very well that the father promised him the kingdom, right? Of the world, the earth. The father promised to dethrone Satan and to give it to him, right? And for him, what did he do? He promised to share it with you. How can he share it with you? How can he share it with the homosexual generation? Oh, yes. And then when you realize that, you humble and tremble and receive it as privilege. Are we together? It's not a right. So he says the following. Know and understand, verse 25, know and understand that from the time the letter goes out, the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, the anointed one, the ruler, comes, and there will be seven, there will be seven, seven, and six, two, sevens. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, 
but in times of troubles. 26 is ours. 26 is ours. After 62 sevens to put together with the other seven, 69, right? Do you remember the angel said 77, right? The answer was 77. Now here is going to be 69. After the 62 plus the other seven, right? Which is 69. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one will, put to de- will be put to death and will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. You have to be very careful. Listen to me, everybody. You have to be very careful because these pro- the prophecies of the prophets of God are multi-tire. You have to be very careful about that. You have to understand the positions of uh, these Antiochus, Epiphanes, and all these people, if they are encompassed in that. But for me, as far as I'm concerned, because of time, the time we are in and what we are handling, I'm handling the Antichrist, right? But you don't lose the multi-tiredness of prophecy. Are we together? When Jeremiah talks about the port that has to be rebuilt, remolded, it's very multi-tire, right? When it says, shall come and rebuild the temple, the tent of David, it's multi-tire. It's not replacement theology at all. It's multi-tire. Israel has its own place. Nobody can touch, right? Hallelujah. Okay, so he says here, he says, after 62 sevens, which is 69 for us, the anointed one will put to death and he will have nothing. He will not take the kingdom then there. The people of the ruler will come, will come and destroy the city and the sanctuary. I think you see now that's what Jesus is going to quote. He says, "The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end, and the desolations have been decreed." This is what Jesus quoted when Jesus now wanted to brief humanity about the timeline and the relationship to His return. Then he quoted the abomination of desolation. Are we together? Can somebody read uh, read the book of uh, Matthew chapter 24 verse 21? Uh, let, let me read it. No, don't read for now because I'm still on it. Let me just put this. We don't have time to do this because this was not really the main theme of what we're handling. But I thought it's a powerful foundation. Are we together? Matthew, the book of Matthew... Am I hurting somebody, injuring you, and uh, annoying you in many ways? Okay, because sometimes if you preach and they love you, then you have to go back and seek the gospel or something. Get another gospel, right? So the book of Matthew 24. I said verse 21, right? It says the following. 21, if I get to read it. It says... For then there will be a great distress unequaled from the beginning of the nations until then and never to be equaled again. If those days were not to be cut short, no one would survive, but for the sake of the elect, the days will be shortened. Okay. Yes, I was looking for where he says they are bombing. It's there, verse 15, right? Yes, yes, verse 15, I was looking for it. We are discovering things together, right? Verse 15, so when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of by the prophet Daniel, 
Let the reader understand. So, even Jesus, when it was time for him to give a briefing to humanity in terms of the timeline, that is what he touched on the timeline. The abomination that causes desolation. When the Lord was talking to me about the timeline, that is what he touched. He showed me the two beasts entering the temple. And I asked him for translation. And then Gabriel came the next day, put his wings down, glory flowing when he developed eye contact with me, when he was sure I'm now looking at him. Then he said, coming to destroy the house. And then he left. It's the abomination of desolation that he touched. That also is where you, the church, need to come in and prepare for the rapture. Because he said, no, I don't want to worship Satan or the beast. Because anybody that will try to worship Jesus will be what? Slaughtered. That's where you also come in as a church. That is your marker on the timeline also. That when you hear that there is this abomination of desolation coming, where people are going to be forced, forced to worship the Antichrist, that's where you also come in and say, just a moment, I don't want to be part of that. Let me prepare well and get out of here, right? Now we're together. So it's relevant. It's relevant to you. Hallelujah. And so he's saying here, again, if we go back to the book of Daniel, he's saying something very powerful there. We are finishing it now. He says, verse 26, after 62 sevens, the anointed one will come and put to death, which is true, he went to the cross. Remember, be very careful with the prophetic timeline of God. Be very careful with the prophetic timeline of God. Because if you want to know, for example, when the church was created, was, was backed out, then you have the cross. After the cross, then there are some days here when the Holy Spirit comes. There are some days. We saw in the book of Daniel 12 that even when he comes, uh, when he comes back, there was a discrepancy of 1,200 whatever, 90 days, 90 what days, and also 1,335 days. There are some days extra. Always you have to take care of that. There are a few days from the cross to Pentecost. Okay, you could say, okay, from this negligible. So you say the cross, that's, the, that's now, this is the church age. But there are a few days. There are a few days, right? Oh, yes. And also, when it comes in the second coming, there are a few days where he does, I think, mop up. Because eventually, if I understand right, after he has set up the building of his headquarters, of his temple, then he walks. Because those armies are in the valley there. He can see them. And he leaves them. He doesn't deal with them. After that, after he has set out the building of his headquarters, then he walks by foot. He walks towards there and he decimates all of them. You see that? So you need to be careful with those additional days, right? The, the gaps. They're important, right? For example, after the rapture. You, you need to be very careful after the rapture. After the rapture. When does the tribulation start? Does it start immediately after rapture? No. Not at all. No. Does the tribulation start immediately after the rapture? No. Not at all. Because 
The tribulation will only start when a pen has been put on paper and a peace treaty is signed. That means he has to come out, he has to take dominion and reveal himself to the world and take authority and then sign the treaty. When pen is put to paper, that is when you count your seven years. And three and a half and the three and a half. Are we together? That, that's important. I'm just saying that let's be very careful, right? You cannot be careless on the matters of God. When God has spoken, it is serious. And it's very deep. We saw, for example, in the book of Daniel chapter 12, that when the Lord was talking about the vision of the rapture of the dead, there was so much insight there, right? We didn't finish until yesterday when finally he was pointing everybody to the renewal of all things. Renewal of all things. Renewal of all things. Jesus, the miracles, the preachings, the wonders, including this miracle here that has happened here yesterday, they are all pointing at the renewal of all things. That day. When the kingdom is established. Right? So it's very important that we are careful, especially this caliber of you that have sat under these teachings, right? And this kind of briefing. You should be totally another brand. So be very careful. When the rapture takes place, <laughs> oh yes, there may be some few days there. Who knows? Is it 30 years? Five years? See, who knows? It's still hidden. Is it five days? Is it five years? But <laughs> the tribulation only starts when pen has been put to paper. When the contract, the peace contract has been signed. And you can see the way Israel is going now. That they will reach a place they will need to sign treaty with nations. You, you can see it playing out in your news now. Hallelujah. And so for you as a church, that is a cue that you must prepare. Right? Are we together? But let, let's finish up this. Let's finish this up. He says... The abomination that causes desolation. That is now the point of slaughter also. When they will refuse to... I've seen myself. I've seen my involvement in that. When I'm telling them, don't go through... Let me now tell you exactly how it is when I'm facing this direction. I arrive here. Okay, the announcement happens. I've entered the Israeli airspace. And then stepping there. And then... There is a, an office here. There are some files. Let me just give you details of that dream. There are some files here of land. Land. Title deeds. Land. And you can see it's about land. It's about land. God's land. Hallelujah. I see the files here. There's a walkway like this. I'm going through the files. Then I, I take the files then I'm aware that they have laid a trap. There is a road that goes like this and goes down. There is a bit of a valley like this. goes down like this. I am aware there is a roadblock there for slaughter. For slaughter. Genocide. So I tell them, no, no, no. Don't follow this road. Then there is a valley like this. I see trees. Go through this valley. So when they go this way, they evade this. You know? But that is also the point of slaughter. When also all of a sudden they say, no. This is not our God. We cannot worship this, right? The slaughter begins, right? You know that. Are we together? It's always about worship. It's a competition about worship. 
the devil fighting to be worshipped. And yet for us we must worship Jehovah. Right? Hallelujah. Verse 27. Listen to this now. Verse 27. He will confirm a covenant with many. There you go. That's where you are. He will confirm a covenant. Put pen to paper, right? He will confirm a covenant with many. Why many? What does many mean? Many could mean that prosperous. That Israel is now prosperous. Hallelujah. Oh yes, sometimes it's good to read very carefully, right? Yes, and find out prosperous, many, collected, come back, returned home. Many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And at the temple, he will set up the abomination that causes desolation. That's what the Lord showed me when the beasts were entering the temple. He will set up the abomination that causes desolation until the end is decreed that his decreed is poured out on him. That means again his time is short. We all know that, right? So, now, of great interest is uh, verse 26. This is where we are. Before 27 comes. And we are so much aware, all of us, that verse 27 is about to start happening. Really, we are all aware. That verse 27 is about to happen. But anyhow, let me just give you this tremendous thing here. I think this was another briefing I was doing with another group. If you look at this board, on this board, if this is your verse 27, then you see the first three and a half years, one quarter of the earth is killed. One quarter of the population of the earth is killed. That is serious. South Africa. That is serious, my daughter. Because COVID, only 20 million and the stench of death was everywhere. South Africa had to discover Omicron, another one, right? And brief the earth. Tell the earth, be careful now. And the trembling and the panicking came up, right? But the deaths, there was nowhere to bury people. The smell of death is everywhere. The words of my tongue. Only 20 million. How about one quarter of the earth, which is 2 billion people? That is a lot of dead bodies, right? By the sword, by war, by war, by famine, by disease. You know, that, that's the action of the horsemen, right? You know that I've seen the breaking of the seals, right? At the throne of God. I've communicated, I've spoken with the creatures, the four living creatures at the throne of God, right? And that's why it's very important sometimes to honor they that are speaking here. If you just look at the interaction at the throne, then you realize I must fear this. Hallelujah. Now, one quarter of the earth dies. But in the other one, look at that now. One half. So then, if you simply take one quarter of eight, that's going to be two. And then you take one half of six, that will be three. Whichever way you take it, that's five billion. Right? Oh, that's a lot of money. 
And how does it happen? Because that's now the wrath of God. There is the wrath of the Lamb, the wrath of God, and all this, right? So all this is judgment. We saw yesterday that the inhabitants of the earth, the rebellious, they are aware that this is God judging, but they refuse to repent, right? We saw yesterday. But the Lord would have agents down here that would be announcing those prophecies. I've seen already the stars have collided and power and terror. I've seen so much of that time. So prophecies will be given that they may not say it's climate change. Right? Prophecies will be given. And they will be fulfilled just like it's happening now. Other things will happen also. The shutting down of heaven. Recently, remember he said by voice that you will shut heaven for three and a half years. Recently. A few days ago, by voice. So this, the realization is coming, right? Reality is coming, blessed people, right? Okay, so what I'm saying is this. I'm saying that the importance of the rapture of the church is because the Lord must now bring an end to the mystery. The church considered a mystery because it was hidden there. The Lord must now bring an end to the mystery. Can you read the following scriptures very fast? We have read Daniel chapter 9. Now you can read Second Peter chapter 3, 11 and 12. Are you going to manage that? Yes. The Bible says, the book of Second Peter chapter 3, verse 11. The Bible says, since everything will be destroyed in this way, yeah. what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. The instruction is right there for you. That because all things will be destroyed like this. I know in the stock markets, New York, the blue chip companies and what have you, all those things. But he's saying, we'll all be destroyed. Then now, the Lord is using that to talk to the earth that you need to change the way you think about your life now and be more heavenly focused. Now, think about another place. So, I say the importance of the rapture that we are handling now, that the Lord has sent me to prepare the nations for, is that the rapture will now mark a time when the Lord brings to an end the mystery, the church age. Revelation chapters 2 and 3, those who have been here with us. Revelation chapters 2 and 3, the church age. He must now bring the mystery to the end. And number two, the next important reason for him to bring up the rapture of the church is that he must now do a progression, progress the timeline of God. Why? Because look at this now. Because we have already seen that the Lord is saying that the reason he takes away the church is because of the following. Number one, because the judgment of God is coming. So he takes away his own, snatches them, rescues them from the, the disaster zone, war theater. Number two, because he must liberate the earth. There is going to be a military action on the earth. 
And the generals that do that military action, they're already walking here. They have done that military action on Mexico, on Haiti, on Chile, with COVID, with Zika, with Ebola, with the Nepal earthquakes. There is a military action that will take place to liberate the earth. Military duty. Again, the rapture must take place because the judgment of God is coming and God has to remove remove the church from that sin because there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You have already believed. Jesus has carried your judgment. And then the kingdom of God must come. Must come. Hallelujah. So that's why I'm saying the second most important value for this event we are preparing for why you are sitting here, the rapture of the church, is because God wants to progress after the church is taken, progress the timeline and reveal the Antichrist. Right? Are we together now? Again, just a few years. Wow. So that's very important. He says, the progression of the timeline, prophetic timeline of God, the calendar of God to reveal the Antichrist. If you can read the book of Second Thessalonians chapter 2, this is not our topic for today. It is really as an introduction. It is an, as, as an introduction because today we are handling glorification. But you can see right away even before I come with glorification, where it is positioned. That glorification gravitates around the coming of the Messiah. That, that has come up. It should have come in the message. But now you can see, right? What the Lord is saying. That glorification will, will be related to the coming. At the time of the coming of the Messiah, right? I'm just setting up a base for you. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 6 and 10. The Bible says, And now you know what is holding him back, mm -hmm. so that he may be revealed at the proper time. We must take the church out of... The, okay. The Holy Spirit must be removed out of the way. The habitation of the Holy Spirit must be removed out of the way. I'm putting it for you in digestible portions. Synthesizable. That once the habitation of the Holy Spirit is taken away, then you know that he is also taken away. He is the one now protecting the church. From the dominion of darkness overrunning the church, right? Okay, okay, no, let us listen to this now. Everybody, don't stop writing, just focus here now. If you ever get a chance, those who have been here since we began, you know, Matthew 16 18 says, On this confession that he is Christ, the Son of the living God, on that rock he would build his church, that whosoever confesses that is saved. And the enemy, the dominion of darkness, cannot prevail over them, right? Are we all together? On that confession that he is Christ, the son of the living God. Forget about what the Catholics have done. They thought it's on Peter. Then they took another direction, right? It became idol worship. But I'm talking about the confession he was talking about. That you are Christ, the son of the living God. Let me give you my life. On that confession, that rock, he said, I'll build my church, and look at this now, depending on the version or the translation you read, he said, and the dominion of darkness will not prevail. So the word is prevail. Or, 
The dominion of darkness will not overcome. The word is overcome. So depending on which translation you have. So once that is his definition, once that is his definition for the church, that he has already gone down there, taken the keys, and he has promised that the dominion of darkness will not, number one, prevail over, if you read King James, or overcome, if you read another translation, then you can now use that to make definitions on this timeline. Right? You can now go back and say, just a moment, then how about, so then now I understand the church, that now we are in the church age. Now we together, first of all. Follow me. Sometimes if you don't write, it's better. You get more. That we are in the church age, right? So you realize the church is here. And he has promised, will not prevail or will not overcome, right? And look at this now. And then you fall back. You fall back just a little bit in the Old Testament. Who are they then that is celebrating the book of Hebrews 11 we saw yesterday? He was celebrating them, their supreme faith, their glorious faith, that they had not seen Jesus come to the cross, but they believed and were ready to die for him. Who are they then? If the church is here only in verse 26 of Daniel 9. Then you realize that these ones in nomenclature, biblical Christianity and biblical nomenclature. Look at this now. Then these ones, you realize, are the Old Testament saints. And this is the church. And then, on the, in the, 20, on the 27th verse, you check these ones. Who are they then? The tribulation saints. So the church is here. So he could as well now jump up and blow the trumpet and say, wow, his word has been fulfilled. That his church, the enemy would not prevail. Why? Because he takes them away finally. No, no, no. Hold it. Hold it. Read, uh, read, read Daniel chapter 7, 21, 22. Daniel 7, 21, 22. Daniel 7, verse 21, 22. Rapidamente, or I read it. The Bible says, Biblia dice, Daniel chapter 7, verse 21, the Bible says, As I watched, this horn was waging war against the holy people and defeating them. And prevailing over them. And yet he said, will not prevail. Who are these? Old Testament saints. So, you take your time and your work and your duty more seriously here and get out of here. Only on that you can also catalog where exactly you are operating from and where you are not supposed to spill over to. Because there there is no protection. Why would he say will not prevail? Look, look. You are using the word prevail in King James, I think, somewhere. King James. So, if you read King James, you say, I saw the Antichrist, this horn, waging war on God's holy people and prevailing. But he said it would not prevail. You just check one word. If you read other versions, say, we'll wage, I'll build the church and will not overcome. Then you read now Daniel 7, 21-22, and he was waging war and overcoming them. Then you realize, oh, okay, the church has been taken away. This is not the church. 
These are called the tribulation saints. If you read, we read, those who have been here with us, we read the book of Revelation, chapter 7, verse 9 on, and you saw that they have been slaughtered. But they overcome also, right? By dying. Oh, let's be careful. Oh, yes. When you don't relinquish, you don't renounce Jesus, you also defeat the devil. But surely Jesus did not intend that you get born again and then be slaughtered, right? No, no, not at all, not at all. That's why we have First Thessalonians chapter one, uh, ch chapter First Thessalonians chapter one, verses nine and ten. First Thessalonians chapter five, verses nine and ten. You, okay, you can read from verse one to ten, where he's saying, and today you are going to see that too. Today we are going to handle that. Coming to save you from the coming wrath, right? Revelation chapter three, verse ten, right? So you know those scriptures. Can we make progress so I can get started tonight, right? Hallelujah. Because my days are over. You guys are traveling. Your tickets are unchangeable. And I will miss you people. You say, we will miss you too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. In Spanish, they say, poquito broma is not a problem, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. It will spice it up. It will make it sabroso. So he's saying here something very important. So if you have read, and, okay, whatever. So he's saying that uh, he was, again, we were reading Second Thessalonians chapter 2, 6 and 10. So you could see that he wants to go on with the timeline. He must take the church away. You must prepare and leave. Because he wants to move on with the timeline to go to verse 27 of Daniel chapter 9 so that he can start revealing the Antichrist, move on towards coming to the bringing of the kingdom of God, right? Finally, the kingdom must come. Hallelujah. Yes, so if you read very fast, we are finished. The Bible says, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6 to 10, And now you know what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. Verse 7, for the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so to, till he is taken out of the way. That's all right. So he's simply saying that the church is only protected here. The Holy Spirit is the one is, she's talking about, the one that holds the dominion of darkness back. He is, he is called the person of the Holy Spirit. He's my friend. I've met him severally. He sits down and we talk. The way a man speaks with a man. It's very serious. This is very serious. Very, very serious. And there are a lot of details of our interaction with him. Details. So, he is the one holding him back, the Antichrist back, that he may not come and injure the church. Because you are saved. You, you, okay, look, just a moment. Even just look at the purpose. The purpose of the tribulation alone. Just the purpose of the 27th verse of the book of Daniel chapter 7. The purpose. Proposito in Espanol. The purpose alone should tell you, please prepare and get out of here. The purpose is to judge Israel. If you read Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 7, right? The day of Jacob's trouble, right? So if you look at even the naming, the calling, all the purpose, 
Then you realize that we must prepare the church now, 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 urgently, rapidamente, that they may get out of here. Because the purpose of the tribulation is not for you. It's for Israel. To bring Israel back to obedience. To accept the Messiah. And I have so much detail. Are we together? Hallelujah. Shesheni. Very powerful. Very, very powerful. So he says here. Yeah. So, so then he's saying that he wants to run a progression of the timeline. That's why the church must be taken away. Then she has read from a scripture that there is no protection for the church in the tribulation. Because we read, those who are here since the beginning, we read Revelation chapter 6, 9 and 11. Lord, when will you avenge our blood? When will you judge these people who have slaughtered us for the word of God, for the testimony of Jesus? Then he said, hold it a second. They were given a garment, intermediary bodies, under the altar in heaven. Guess what? Because God himself, God himself saying, because I want some of your holy friends down there also to be slaughtered the way you have been slaughtered. I, the Lord himself, is wanting them to be slaughtered, my Lord. So if you now go back to Revelation chapter 3 verse 10, the hour of trial coming to test the number. There you go. Trial. That's real trial, right? That you are slaughtered to worship. And then coming to test. To test what? Let me see if you can worship under those circumstances. Under circumstances of slaughter. So now you understand better, right? Very serious. Is it from Dusseldorf? Oh, Hamburg. Mannheim. A little sharper now than you came, right? Or much sharper. Much sharper. Yeah, so that you can prepare Germany. Mannheim. And your husband is here with your baby also, right? Very powerful. Remember. Oh, that baby was, a, was God's wonderful miracle, right? Oh, thank you. I forget, yes. I forget, yes. There are so many miracles that have happened in this place over time. Hallelujah. But this is very serious. Because he's saying that the church is protected now. Take advantage of this. On the other side, there is slaughter. If what is playing out on TV on slaughter, when the Hamas entered Israel, is anything to go by my Lord. If the Lord is simply using a little window to warn... Eh? And say, you people get out of here. Huh? Then it's unbelievable. You want out. You want to get out. Aye. And then, if he's saying that now he's protected, in the tribulation, verse 27, not protected, then can we go to the kingdom? Because he's rolling things out for the kingdom. Daniel chapter 2, 44, 45. Why he's doing that? Why he wants to roll it? He wants to come and establish the kingdom. Daniel 2, 44, 45. The Bible says, the book of Biblia Daniel, dice, the Bible says that the book of Daniel chapter 2, verse 44. Daniel 2, 44, 45. In the time of those kings, those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Uh -huh. Nor will it be left to another people. Mm -hmm. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end. But it will itself endure forever. That is very serious. In other words, number one, 
All the kingdoms of the earth must be brought down. It does not matter the kingdom of America, the kingdom of China, the kingdom of Russia, the kingdom of Taiwan, South Africa, Germany, Italy, the powerhouse of Australia. It does not matter who. You can count on one thing that for us as Christians, we know breaking news before it happens. That they must be brought down. So you can even feel sorry for those who say they don't want God because they are doing well in this kingdom. They are banking here. It is coming down, baby. It's coming down. It is coming down, baby. It's gonna come down. It doesn't matter how strong the Australian dollar is. It's gonna come down one day. And one day soon. And so, he's talking about establishing, I have seen that vision. I have seen that vision. Establishing the eternal Glorious kingdom of God. The rock. Look at this now, everybody. And I want people to watch this. The, the rock, the, the, the big statue was unbelievably big. Just his toes alone shocked me. It was quite big. I don't want to describe it in terms of almost the size of a human. The toes alone. He was quite big. All of a sudden, in that vision, this statue was there. Appeared before me. And then, the rock comes from this direction. And the rock, look at this now comes slanting like this, comes, flies like this. No, not like this. Flies like this. From heaven flies like this. Look at this now. The rock is like this. Swollen in the middle and sharp at the edges. Sharp. Very sharp at the edge, but swollen in the middle. So the rock came and smote. I was not so much prepared. In that, in that vision, I was not really prepared. And smote he smote the saddle. When, when he smote it, listen to this now. Oh yeah, it's something to clap for, by the way. It's a very big thing to clap for because Nusotros tiene esperanza, guarantee, guarantee. Nusotros tiene garantia that the Lord will exterminate the devil and the Lord will prevail our God. Our God will prevail. He will be victorious. We are going to be victorious. We must. That is the beautiful thing about the Bible and biblical Christianity. Because we are guaranteed of victory. We are guaranteed of victory. First lady from Nigeria. We are guaranteed of victory. That is the beauty, my son, from Australia, about this salvation we have. Whatever way it goes, what? But we are guaranteed that finally... We will take victory because our God must win. It is there. Hallelujah.